That was awkward standing up here and the lights were on me while the, the, uh, <laughs> the announcements were going. I, I do need to make an announcement, and that is um, we have a lot of young people that would like to go to camp, and some of them really can't afford it. And uh, so if any of you would like to um, help out in that way, that would be great. And uh, you, can, you can designate any gifts to, uh, to camp, and I'd appreciate it. Uh, they would appreciate it, the kids. We, we, make, we uh, encourage them to have skin in the game, so they do what they can. But if we can, you know, finish the project, that's really good. So, well... Um, I didn't have a jersey, <laughs> but I have a hat. And um, I know some of you, I, I, see, uh, I see Packer fans over here and um, right here. Sorry. <laughs> 49er fans, really sorry. <laughs> see Bengal fans? Yeah. Sorry, too. <laughs> well, see, Cornerstone fans. Yeah. <laughs> How many are on Jesus' team? Yeah. I'm for that one. Amen. Well, this morning, um, we're starting a series, and it's topical. Um, we're used to doing a lot more, um, you know, just uh, verse-by-verse studies. But um, I felt uh, really led by the Holy Spirit to, um, to talk about, well, we're just calling it this. Let me introduce to you the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a gift of God. He is uh, such a wonderful in fact, people describe the Holy Spirit. You hear people say, the precious Holy Spirit. And, and that's oftentimes because there has been a relationship developed with the third person of the triune Godhead. And uh, we are so grateful for the Holy Spirit. And so today, well, this is where we're going in this series. Um, we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is today, just kind of a foundation um, we're going to talk about next week what the Holy Spirit does for us. There are many wonderful things that he has done and is willing to do. And so if, you, uh, if you're open to allow the Holy Spirit in fresh ways, you might find some life-changing experiences happen in your life. And that's what we're praying for. And then verse, uh, uh, verse week three and four... What does the Holy Spirit do through us? So it's what the Holy Spirit does for us, but for two weeks, and I think this is the emphasis of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does through us and, uh, and how we can make ourselves available to the work of the Holy Spirit and what he will do through our lives. So today we're taking a look at, and, and uh, we're going to jump off with uh, three main uh, scriptures. And so we're going to John chapter 16. So we'll be jumping around a little bit here, but the scriptures will be on the overhead so you can follow. Would you pray with me? I'm going to ask the Lord for help. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we get a chance to share together and uh, 
And Lord, to open your word and Lord, help us to rightly divide it. And uh, Lord, for your truth to be transforming in our lives because we're receptive to it. We thank you, God. We, uh, I believe, God, you want to do something good, greater than, Lord, we have expectation for. So I pray you would raise our expectation to meet, Lord, your desire. In Jesus' name, amen. John 16 and verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away. For, I do not go, uh, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, right off, we're jumping into where Jesus is saying, listen, it's actually better that I leave and the Holy Spirit comes than that I stay. Well, we would say that there's several reasons for that because in the process of leaving, he also, you know, died for our sins and was buried and raised from the dead. So that was, I mean, he paid the price. But there's something else here beyond that. There is the work that the Holy Spirit can do that Jesus in his, we would say his limited form because he divested himself of his godly prerogatives for a time when he was on earth in his humanity. And what the Holy Spirit could do, Jesus himself could not do while he was on earth. And um, someone asks, well, what if, what if Jesus just stayed in the Holy Spirit? What would have been different? And I said, the church would be a lot smaller. Been a lot smaller. Remember, it wasn't just, you know, just uh, 50 days later after Jesus left, that 3,000 people got saved in one moment, 5,000 right after that, the church exploded. And those people that got saved, they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they, what, they, they were able to do the work that Jesus was doing, but instead of one person, now thousands. And that is really the desire of God, is that he would be able to multiply himself in the sense of, you know, the work of the Spirit through, that was through Jesus, now through us in a, in a world that is in de de desperate need of him. So he says, it is a, an advantage. Everybody say, it's an advantage. It's an advantage. In other words, what you have is better. I know this sounds strange, but it's actually better than if Jesus was here. And who, who wouldn't want to be where Jesus was even physically? I mean, you have to say that that first century was the greatest time in history to be, you know, be a follower of Jesus if you were there. Wow, amazing. We would all dream of that. And yet, something is offered even better, I think, that we don't even realize. And, and I think it's neglected what the Holy Spirit does in, in our life. I believe actually um, the Holy Spirit is not talked much about. And, uh, and I just did a kind of a search, a YouTube search and, and some others. And, uh, and if you, uh, 
if you do that search and you look up, you know, Father God or you look up Jesus, you have thousands, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of, of references. But when you look up the Holy Spirit, there are, there are those. Um, it's not totally without um, message, but far less. It seems like there are less, there's less talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, one of those reasons is the Holy Spirit actually comes to glorify Jesus. So he doesn't come to glorify himself. But you cannot go very far in the scripture where you don't see the Holy Spirit operating and working and see his, you know, the amazing, um, you know, nature of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures. In John chapter 14 and verse 18, um, Jesus says this. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now, when Jesus used that, the, 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 the Bible, the translators used a word for another. There are two words that could have been used here. The, the, the first one is another, meaning something different, another, another different. And then, but there's another word that is another the same. Now, the choice was there. It would be another different or another the same. The Holy Spirit chose another the same. Jesus was talking about another the same. He was saying this, another like me. Now, like me, he's God, right? Jesus is God. He, there's deity. And so when he was talking about another, he was, a ta- he was talking about another of the same kind. He was talking about the third person of the triune Godhead. And so we're looking at God, and one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, what the Scripture says about the nature of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you where we're going. And this, this means that this whole series, we're going in this direction. In uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 14, I'm just going to read it out of the ESV. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, we're looking forward to enhancing our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That, that the fellowship, that the Holy Spirit is a person to, be, to have fellowship with, not just, not just um, to kind of have an idea of who he is. It's not just to receive, but it's actually for us to receive a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at just a couple of scriptures here as we just kind of get a picture of who the Holy Spirit is. And first of all, we've already mentioned this, but the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. And and I'm just going to give you a few. There's so much. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit searches the deep things of God. Then notice this, because he's making a um, correlation in, in thought here. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? So who knows you better than the spirit in you? 
He's using that as an illustration and saying this about the, the Holy Spirit with God. He says, even so, what one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God. When we are, we're a trinity in some sort. I mean, not in the same way that God is, but we're a trinity. We're body, soul, and spirit. And because of that, there's a unity in us. And really, um, that unity, especially between uh, soul and spirit, is so close. The Bible says that the, the Word of God divides it, can divide between soul and spirit. But, but it's so close that there are some, I think falsely, who consider the soul and spirit as one, the, the dichotomous. We're not. We, we believe that the soul and the spirit, in fact, they're two parts of us. We worship God in spirit. And, and yet, they're so close. I mean, you can't, you can't divide, but the word of God can. And the, the point is that you cannot divide the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son. You cannot divide. Separate personalities, three persons in one essence the Godhead. That's the Holy Spirit. And so he knows the heart of God fully. In Psalms 33, 6, it says, for the word of, I'm, no, I'm jumping. Acts 5, 3 says this, and this should kind of set, this kind of settles it for me. In Acts 5 and verse 3, it says, but, the, but Peter said to Ananias, remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira, where they, they had lied to God. It was the the beginning of the church, the glory of the, the Lord was filling that place, and God made, well, uh, an example of them as they had lied and deceived the people, and he deceived, tried to deceive uh, uh, the people by, and lied to the, the Lord, and uh, they were struck dead as a result. And uh, it, it says, and so Peter said to them, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Now, don't you see the wording here? To lie to the Holy, Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? Nobody was forcing them. And after it was sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? God. So he says, you lied to the Holy Spirit and then defines it and says, you've lied to God. The Holy Spirit is God, I think, defined here. We see um, in, in the, the, the direction that God gives us in, uh, in reaching the world in, uh, in Matthew 29, 18, in the Great Commission, it says, Jesus spoke to them all, with all authority I've given to, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How do we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? You see, the Holy Spirit is... He's, he's a person. He's, a, he, he's, he's the creator. If you look in Genesis 1 and verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He was 
part of creation. He, he, like Jesus, as it says, all things were created by him. Without him not, was not anything created that was created. And it says in Psalms 33, 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And the, the word breath and spirit are the same word. And so you'll see these You'll see these overlap as the scripture is revealed. It reveals that the spirit of God is also the breath of God because, see, what, what is breath? In fact, we, we use that in, the, in, in English. We'll say that. We'll say that takes your breath away or they, th- this is a, a definition oftentimes. They stop breathing. Well, the, the lack of breath means death. Breath means life. If they're still breathing, say they're, they're still alive. There's life. The Holy Spirit, it's the breath of God. When we have the Spirit of God, we have life. Without the Spirit of God, there is not no life. And uh, that's why the scripture says, he who has the Spirit, that, that if you do not have the Spirit of God, you're not his. You have not been saved. You're not born again. You have to have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is, in fact, the definition of what it means to be born again. You have the Spirit that makes you alive. So, um, the, he is the source of life. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, The Lord formed man in the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's When did they, they come alive? When did... When was Adam come alive by when the breath of life was breathed into him and he became a living soul? See, it's a, a living being. Job uh, 33, 4, it says, the spirit of God made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us and made us. You were created by the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I thought God the Father created me, yes. I thought Jesus created me, yes, yes, get it? The Holy Spirit speaks as God. Second Samuel 30, 23, 2 says, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and his word was on my tongue. His word, as the Spirit spoke to me. Zechariah seven twelve tells us that the Holy Spirit brings a word through the prophets. First, Second Timothy three sixteen says all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's God's breath, the Spirit of God. It's inspired by God. That's why the the Scriptures are so important to us. The, the we value God's Word, the Bible, every part. Every, every genealogy list is breathed of God. We don't take portions of it and say this is inspired and this part isn't inspired. We would say that some is more inspiring. That's different, right? You can find great things in the book of Numbers, you know, just less of them. <laughs> but the point is all of it is God-breathed. We believe that. That's why we value God's word so much as Jesus did, right? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's referred to as he. And this is some of the things that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. He speaks. He speaks. 
So when people are saying, you know, the Lord spoke to me, what, what is happening? Well, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And, uh, and, 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 and the, the, we know that he has emotions. See, he's not uh, stoically indifferent. I think some, for some reason, in fact, the false idea of the Holy Spirit is that he is just a, um, he, he's, he's, not a, he's not a person, he's a force. And that, that is a false teaching about the Holy Spirit, that he's just a force. Kind of no, no, no real person, no personality, but the Holy Spirit actually, he, he is, well, I'd say it this way, that his emotions are more complete than ours. I, I believe that in, our, in the pains of life, in our sin, that we, that those are the things that keep us to be, from being whole emotionally. Full, to, to be healthy emotionally it takes health, right? And, and things damage that in life. And Jesus, and God is responsible, and God is helping us to be restored in every area of our life. Emotions is, is part of that. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He's not stoically indifferent. He's not just a power. He has response. And he, his response isn't just anger. There's a lot. There's a full gamut of emotions discovered as we read the, the scriptures about the Holy Spirit. The power that um, he, he act, the Holy Spirit gets his heart broken. He, he, he has, um, he loves. The Holy Spirit loves. Sometimes we think of him only as like this power that comes and goes and kind of this thing that happens. And we talk about the Holy Spirit oftentimes in those kind of, that kind of language and the, the things he does for us and so forth. But we neglect the fact that the Holy Spirit, um, he has, he, he has emotions in the deepest way. I, I would say that the Holy Spirit can love deeper than anyone in this room. And if he can love deeper, well, then he can be hurt deeper than anyone. I think that's the nature of God. That, that there was an old song in the 70s that's, that the, the main line in the song was love hurts. And it was, it was really about that. It was about Jesus going to the cross and how love caused that kind of pain. And it's true in life that when you are vulnerable that way and you love in that vulnerable way that you are subject to pain. And yet God did it anyhow, right? He still does. And the Holy Spirit has those kind of deep emotions. He teaches he, he's, a, he, he's a teacher. We know that in John 14, 26. We, we know that he can be blasphemed. You know? What can be blasphemed? I, I could blaspheme this table. A dirty piece of wood, you metal thing. You're not even complete, right? It doesn't work, does it? Only a person. 
and the Holy Spirit can be blasphemy. And in fact, Jesus warns about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. He said that if you can, if you blaspheme the Father, it will be for, can be forgiven of you. Um, if you blaspheme the Son, it will be forgiven of you. But Jesus said, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it cannot be forgiven you, neither in this world or the world to come. Very strong words. Uh, understanding the context is helpful. Because when Jesus said that, um, these religious leaders were in great danger because they were saying that Jesus was doing the miracles, not by the Holy Spirit, but by the devil. They were attributing the work of God's spirit to the devil. And that's when Jesus made that comment that, um, that you're in great danger, baptized, I mean, uh, in uh, grieving the Holy Spirit that way as you um, blaspheme him. In Romans 8, it's not just Jesus who intercedes for us. The, the, the Bible says that in Romans 8, 26 and 27 that the Holy Spirit intercedes. In fact, intercedes for us through us. There is a, there is a intercession that happens because the Holy Spirit is in us, is praying for us. The Bible says that in the groaning that cannot be articulated, and some would uh, interpret that to be the, the gift of tongues or the praying in tongues, that that is where that happens. But the Holy Spirit desire, listen, who knows you better than the Holy Spirit does? He lives with you, which is kind of a scary thing because he lives in you everything. He knows everything. You, you cannot hide from God. He dwells in you. you. You can't run from who dwells in you. So he knows everything. And in spite of that, what does he do? Well, he doesn't reject us because he knows us so well. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. He is working in us that way. And that groaning that comes out of our soul is the Holy Spirit praying for us. And the Holy Spirit wonderfully prays. That's why the Bible says you pray in the Spirit and you pray in your understanding also, it tells us in 1 Corinthians 14. Why? Because when you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to release things that you don't know. I've seen people healed dramatically from emotional damage in their life because they learned how to pray in the Spirit. And because of that, God used that to release them from things that were you know, years in the making and, and, uh, and, you know, counseling wouldn't have been able to get that deep. Only the Holy Spirit could do that. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit is a, a person. He's a he and he teaches us and he, he has emotions and he intercedes for us and then he honors Jesus and it tells us in John 15, 26. For when the helper comes whom I will send in uh, to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. What the Holy Spirit does in our life is the Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus. And, uh, and, 
the Holy Spirit has already begun working in our lives way before. I, I don't need to say, I don't know if I need to say way before, but I can tell you this, before you came to Christ. The Holy Spirit was working in your life before you came to Jesus. And uh, you might be able to look back and recognize that, maybe not, but you would not have come to Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin, who draws us to, to God, and draws us to the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit was working in your life and giving you um, direction, pulling you toward. When you started to get pulled toward God, that was the Holy Spirit already working on you. In, you know, he, he wasn't inside you yet, but he was working on you and make to make that happen. I remember when I came to Christ, even the Holy Spirit gave me discernment. I was, I came to Christ in, um, you know, because a buddy invited me to, uh, to come and hang out with a, a group that was doing a Bible study. And uh, we, there were, it was a surfing community. Everybody was kind of part of that community and invited me to come. And and uh, I didn't want to go. I didn't have any interest of going to a Bible study. I didn't know anything about the Bible. And, uh, but he said there were some really cute girls there. And uh, that worked for me. So I ended up at the Bible study. And this guy was teaching. And, uh, the, and there was about 70 of us in that, in that Bible study. It was a, the time of the uh, Jesus movement, and God was doing some amazing things, but there were also a lot of deception going on. In fact, uh, they, they say during the, the 70s, the new, a new cult um, was, uh, you know, came into existence every week. There was just, because when God is moving, there's, you know, the enemy's in up, trying to do stuff too. He's trying to distract, and he, and that was happening. But this guy that was teaching, he uh, claimed to be uh, an ex-Satan worshiper who is now, you know, converted, and he, was, he wasn't any more converted than, you know, uh, his dog that was by his side. He was, and, uh, and I, didn't, I didn't know anything about the Bible, but something in me went, that guy's off. He just, you know, and I didn't know how to, I didn't have anything to compare with um, other than he's just weird. And that was enough, you know. And I told my friend who had invited him, I said, there's something wrong with that guy, you know. And uh, so, but the girls were there, so we kept going back. <laughs> and eventually he got found out. You know, it was uh, pretty obvious. He was doing some stuff in the back room with the girls that, uh, came to light, and uh, so we were invited to a church um, that one of the guys, his aunt went to, uh, that went to a church in Linwood, over there near Compton, and we we drove all the way down. It was, you know, I don't know what, hour drive almost, and uh, I sat in church, and for the very first time, I heard the gospel, and I, I knew that was real, that was true, and uh, and you know how I knew? I didn't know that it, this at the time. I knew because the Holy Spirit was working on my life. See, that's why, the, that's why there's import, it's so important to pray for lost people. That, that's when, when Paul says, you know, my heart's prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. You know, the reason for that is because when you pray for someone, it's kind of like saying, Lord, go get them. 
you know, and the Lord then begins the process of working in their life because you're praying for them. Now, everyone can resist. Everybody has a choice. But the Holy Spirit was working and begins working when we begin praying for people. And that's how God operates. He operates, right? He partners with us. That's why it was better Jesus says that I go because the Holy Spirit will come and be with you. And because of that, now you become a funnel of God blessing and, and, uh, and work through your life because the Holy Spirit is in you. And we need to take advantage of that. We're called to that. And so praying for people ought to be something that we breathe out all the time, right? I mean, not, it's, it's, it's better than when someone calls you cuts, you, cuts you off to call them an idiot. It's better to actually pray for them instead, right? It's better to, to say, Lord, you know what's going on in that person's life. I pray that you touch them, co- cover them. I assume, if I don't know them, I assume that they're not Christian. That's my assumption. And if I pray for them to be saved and they're already saved, I don't think God gets really kind of upset that I missed it. I think he's okay with that. I think the process of praying and interceding for people in, in that way, what it does is allows. And I believe, this is, I, I believe that the reason I got saved is because someone, someone I don't know, prayed for me. And how I know that, I, how I believe that is because I've seen that in action in our lives as we've, Carol and I, have partnered in praying for neighbors and different people that don't know us and have found out later that they got saved, they got touched by God, they got drawn into the kingdom. And I do believe that that, it's not because, you know, I believe God uses that. And we, we need to be considerate of that. I think if we take, the, the main thing we're taking home with us today is the amazing person of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to take home another kind of an action point, and that is that you be, become more open to allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you because people need the Holy Spirit to come to him. And so if we could take that home with us today, Maybe we could step it up a notch in praying for people who are lost. That God would begin that process. I know they need the gospels preached to them. You, they can't come to the, you cannot be saved without the gospel. But the work, the, the, the tilling of some of that happens because the Holy Spirit is drawing and convicting and making, allowing people to become more aware of God and working in that way. And how many of you can just say, I am so grateful. If it wasn't for God drawing me, I don't know where I'd be today. But I'm in a better place because Jesus was a, is in my life. And everyone that has Jesus in their life is in a better place. I just tell you that. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Let's ask for God's touch. Father, we thank you. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have given to us. Lord, one of the things that you've taught us is because you are a good father that we're to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You said, you said that if we ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you would give, give him to us. 
And so even, Lord, today, we would ask for a refreshing, a filling of your Holy Spirit in our life. And, Lord, we would say also, Holy Spirit, thank you. Um, you do so much that is neglected. And your grace is so abundant to our lives. And we don't ever want to forget that. We're thankful that you always help us lift up the name of Jesus and honor him. But we're thankful for you and the work that you've done, the love that you have given. We honor you. And then, Lord, we pray for anyone that would be listening online or in this building that would say, I need God in my life. Maybe the Holy Spirit's already been working in your life. You hadn't recognized it. But the reason you might even be open is simply because of God's grace. And we would say to you right now, Jesus is the answer. He paid the price for your sin. He died for you. He was buried, and he rose again from the grave. And he offers you eternal life if you'll say yes to him. If you simply will say, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior, I surrender to you cleanse my soul. I turn to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now 
Oh, 